Good evening, everybody. Welcome to an episode of Living Light Outdoors. On the mic with you tonight from my living room. That's right. I am got my feet up. It's been a terribly long, hot day. Been writing estimates from these hell cars all day long, and uh, boy, wore out, overheated, and tired, and uh, dehydrated. So I um, I think right now if I walked, I'd slosh. I've drank so much water this afternoon after I got home and settled in, and Decided I was going to put my feet up and just uh, share with you from the sofa. So, so you're you're going to have to endure from my recliner tonight and uh, just put up with me. All right, Rhonda and I had an interesting conversation yesterday. We we were talking about where we are as a society, um, where our where our young people are. Maybe it's our own children. Maybe it's their generation, this Generation Z, I think they call them today. Um, and we, we, you know, we kind of joked around about it. And, and listen, I don't, I'm not out here to offend you, or maybe I am. Uh, if you're part of this Generation Z, then listen close, because I'm going to share some things with you that I really feel like God put on my heart today. As I was doing my business today, going about my business, um, my mind kept reflecting on what our conversation was. And I want to share with you just exactly what God put on me tonight. I got here and I looked up some scripture. I put some notes together because I I just, I've kind of had this on my my heart all day. This is going to come from second Timothy chapter four. It's a very familiar passage of scripture for, for a lot of us. Um, It gets preached from time to time. I've probably used some of it from time to time myself, but the the heading of the the second Timothy chapter four is very boldly preach the word. We, I mean, we we understand what that means, right? Or do we? Because see, I think I think this is right where it begins to go askew. Our our our, our society, some of our churches, some of this generation believe that it's up to someone else to do all these things. Some of our some of our churches, some of the messages coming off the pulpits of, of, of many churches across our nation today are not preaching the word. They're not telling the truth. They're speaking things that make you feel comfortable with who you are today. And that is a dangerous, dangerous place to be. Very slippery slope if, if you want to look at it in such a fashion. Being comfortable in who we are today opens a door for deception, a big door, and and an easy door to fall prey to, and the enemy will take high advantage of that. It is very easy to fall prey to a skewed doctrine, to a skewed truth. And I want to encourage you, you need to get in God's word yourself. You've got to learn what he's speaking to you. There's hardly a topic today that you will find anywhere about anything that is not already addressed in the word. And you say, oh, well, but yeah, but wait, society has changed. Has it? I I beg to differ. We may be culturally more adapted to things today, but the issues of our society today differ none from the the issues in Jesus' day and before, all the way back. I mean, you can go all the way back to to the days of Noah on the ark. You want to talk about that story? The Bible talks, Jesus actually says in Matthew 24, he, he references, so as it was in the days of Noah, will it be 
before the coming of the Son of Man. I've studied that out. How bad was it in the days of Noah? Well, apparently it was bad enough that God only saved Noah and his family. Everyone else perished. They were given the opportunity to change. They chose not to. They were told the truth. They laughed at the truth. They mocked God. They mocked the truth. God told Noah to build a boat because he was going to kill them all. And he did just that because they would not adhere. I have to wonder what it was like as it began to rain. I'm talking rain, when the water began to rise. It didn't rain in Noah's day. That's why they made such a joke out of him building that boat. They didn't even know what a boat was. They didn't even know what a boat was for because there wasn't any water like that. Well, it began to rain, and the, and, the, and the fissures of earth opened up, and water began to pour forth, and the water began to rise. God loaded everybody in that big boat, and he sealed the door shut. God closed the door. God sealed it shut. Now, I, w- I want you to go with me here for a minute. When that water began to rise, maybe to the point of people had to start treading water, you reckon they were knocking on the door of that boat? It was too late. See, there, there, there's a point in time when, when you're no longer going to be able to find truth. We're, we're gathering real close to that place in my mind today. We we are living in such a time, we have such a, a generational shift going on that, that there is no ad, there, there's no one seeking a truth. We're, we're building our own truths today because we're building a narrative that suits us. Now listen to what it says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 through 5. It says, I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ of Christ Jesus, who is the judge, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word as an official messenger. That calling is to us. You know that. It goes on to say, be ready when the time is right, and even when it is not. I like that. Be ready when the time's right, but even when it's not, keep your senses of urgency. Whether the opportunity seems favorable or unfavorable, whether it be convenient or inconvenient, whether welcome or unwelcome. Listen, I've had a lot of unwelcome conversations. I've had a lot of inconvenient conversations. I've had a lot of unfavorable opportunities. I've had to keep my sense of urgency. This is a a command that we need to pay attention to. The, the, The truth is not going to be welcome It is going to be an unfavorable or an inconvenient or an unwelcome conversation. It goes on to say, correct those who err in doctrine or behavior. That's literally talking about confronting sin. You know, Jesus, everyone loves to tell the story, and I love this because there's a big meme going on about how Jesus even used uh, a a prostitute. Jesus even, even used the woman in adultery. Jesus even, well, you know, he did, but you know what he said to her? He, he, he told her, go and sin no more. We're talking about the woman at the well, you know, where, where she said, you know, he said, go get your husband. She goes, well, I don't really have it. Yeah, he said, yeah, you're right. You've been married, you know, seven times or whatever. And the guy you're living with today, you're not even married to. You're living in sin. And what, what he told her, everyone likes to jump on the bandwagon of, see, he's using the sinner. No, what he said was, go and sin no more. Come away from that lifestyle. Everywhere Jesus went, he confronted sin. 
He, he ministered first. He always ministered. But he always confronted sin, and he left it with a choice of going and sin no more. He, he put that in there. I mean, look at all the stories. Go back and study this out. Jesus' narrative was always calling people away from their sin, not saying, hey, man, you know, society's changing. You know, God's kind of rewriting the narrative a little bit here. And, and you know, we're, we're going to squeeze the gray area out. There is no gray area. You need to understand that. There is no gray area. There's no gray area in the word. It's black and white or it's red and white because Jesus' words are in red. Remember? He said to exhort and encourage those who are growing towards spiritual maturity. We, we need to, to be encouraging of those who are doing their best to live a righteous life, doing their best to seek the Lord. Exhort them. Encourage them with inexhaustible patience and faithful teaching. Continue to build them up. Continue to pour into those who are hungry for the word of God. Listen, it's through that hunger that an outpouring of God's Holy Spirit in these last days is going to rise up. It's not going to come from our mega churches. It's not going to come from, from some group of people. It's going to come from a movement of God's Spirit in a hungry generation. He goes on to say, For the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine and accurate instruction that challenges them with God's truth. We are in that time today. The time has come when people will no longer tolerate sound doctrine or accurate instruction. And, and, and that that, that instruction that challenges them with God's truth. But they're going to, this is what he goes, he says, but wanting to have their ears tickled with something pleasing, they will accumulate for themselves many teachers, one after another, chosen to satisfy their own desires and to support the errors they hold. And they'll turn their ears away from the truth and will wander off into myths and man-made fictions and will accept the unacceptable. Wow, does that not describe where we are today? Man, if you can't see that, you're not looking. Our society is so twisted, we are accepting the unacceptable today. I'm not even going to bother to look at individual details. We could put up a whole hundred of them right now. We are accepting the unacceptable in our society today. And it's, it's, there was a warning being put forth clear back in when the Bible was written. We have itching ears. We want people to tell us something pleasing. We don't want them to, to you know, we don't want to convict. You know, we don't want a convicting word because that may mean we need to change something about our life. I don't want to change my life. I want to live how I am. I'm, I'm living for myself. You know, because that's what the narrative of this society is today, self-pleasing. We have become the most selfish generations of all time. We, we have lost our way from the ways of our fathers and our mothers. Generational washing out of truth. And, and we've got to find some way to put the plug back in the tub because we're draining out our society. He goes on to say, but as for you, he's talking to us now, as for you, be clear-headed in every situation. Stay calm and cool and steady. Now, listen, I struggle with that. I get a little wound tight. I, I, I do. I, I struggle with staying calm, cool, and steady until it comes to God's truth because there is no other option. I, I don't argue things with people anymore. I simply interject God's truth. 
eventually they grow very weary. They get mad. They yell. They scream. They call me all kinds of stuff. It happens pretty frequently. But they can't argue because it's truth. I didn't write it. I didn't speak it. All I'm doing is sharing it. It's not my opinion. It's God's word. Endure every hardship without flinching. Again, very difficult for us to do today. I've endured a lot of hardship. Uh, Rhonda endures a lot of hardship. We all endure a lot of hardship. We all have our stories. But see, there, there we come back to that. We overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, by our surrender to Jesus Christ, by, by what he did for us on the cross, and, and, and by the word of our testimony, our story of enduring hardship and coming out of the miry clay, how God brought us out, how he redeemed us, how he set us free. That's the story that will set someone else free. He goes on to say, do the work of an evangelist. It's, it's not just me. Yeah, I have a label that says I'm an evangelist. But so are you. You're a missionary. You're an evangelist. You're a teacher. You're a preacher. You're a pastor. It, it doesn't matter. You don't need, the, you don't need a, a label. Use what God has given you, your story of redemption, to speak into the lives of those around you. What are the duties of a, of a ministry? What, what is the duties of your ministry? What's your calling? See, don't get hung up there. Don't try to put some label or some parameter around what you're looking for as your calling. See, I think we, I think we, can, I think we mess this all up. You know, well, I don't know. I, I don't know that God's ever called me. I don't, really don't even know what my calling is. We're called to serve the Lord. Did, did you hear that? We are called to serve the Lord. We are called to go into all the world, and as we go, tell the story of his. Tell, tell Jesus' story. Tell the story of Jesus and how he set us free and how he desires to set all who will come after him free. We are called to lead others to Jesus, all of us, whatever that looks like. It doesn't matter the label. It doesn't matter the parameter. It doesn't matter any of that. We are called to go into all the world and preach the gospel. We are to share our faith everywhere we go. We are to walk in truth. We are to be a light in a dark place. We are to shine our light into this darkness. We're to be a city on a hill that draws all men unto him. Wow. I didn't realize I was going to get so preachy today. But I'm telling you, preach the word. This is our time. Do not allow yourself to be caught up in, 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 in the, the self-pleasing narrative of this world. There, we, don't, we don't owe nobody nothing. Nobody owes us anything. We don't, that's, that's, that, that society shift is a lie and it's deception. We owe God our life. He's called us for such a time as this or we wouldn't be here right now. Give everything you have to the Lord and let him use you to minister to the lives of all of these around us. It's up to us to change this society's narrative and this shift. It's up to us. It's up to us living in truth, speaking truth, adhering to truth, following truth, and showing someone else how to follow us as well. Amen.
God bless you guys. We love you. We thank you so much for following along. Thank you so much for your support. The financial support for Living Out Outdoors is increasing. We're, we're so thankful for that. God's got us in an incredible place. We're seeing lives changed. We're seeing things happen every day. Every, I mean, the podcast is growing dramatically. People are being touched. People are being changed. Lives are being changed, and you are a part of that. God bless you for being a part of it. I know that no matter what you do, no matter how you give, he'll give back to you in the same measure pressed down, shaken together, running over. It'll be poured into your lap. Thank you for following us. Continue to pray over us. Continue to pray for this ministry. Continue to pray for our physical being, our financial being, our our spiritual being as we continue to press on in in what God has given us to do. It's not always the same. You don't have to follow exactly what we're doing. Just follow him. Serve him. Surrender your life to him today. Don't look back. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Amen. We love you so much. Thank you for all you do. God bless you. We will talk to you again real soon.